0: The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its do good village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind—a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. So together, families can help one another. A special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. Make the do good village the first of many. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at t2t.org. That's t the number two t.org. I'd like to start this episode with a special kind of trigger warning. Now, it's not an AK-47 spraying bullets everywhere. It's more like a water gun filled with vodka, and it's been aiming at my ass all goddamn day. Y'all, I'm slightly drunk recording this episode. If y'all were on Instagram, then you participated in me and Amanda's, uh, Amanda from the the uh, child. From the It's All Happening podcast. And we did a Loverboy testing. Taste testing. In honor of Summer House premiering. The day that this episode drops. Now listen. I might have overindulged. And then the Salt Lake finale was right after. So I might have continued to overindulge. But guess what? I got notes on six different shows. That I watched this week. And we go talk about all this shit. Look. It's your weekly reality roundup episode of Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2. Let's do this shit. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Y'all, I'm already laughing because my drunk ass, I forgot to turn my microphone back on after I put that intro in. So my ass was over here just talking and talking and couldn't nobody damn hear me. But look, that's okay. Y'all ass will be aight. Now look. This is a loaded week. We got so much shit to talk about. I'm not going to tell y'all about my day, my life, my job, all that shit, because we got too damn much shit to talk about. Child, the little women is back. We got Bell Collective, The Bachelor, and then all them damn housewives, them raggedy-ass housewives. We got to talk about everybody. And Child, my throat dry, drinking all these damn spritzers. If you don't know, Kyle Cook, Mr. Cookie, Amanda's fiance, Carl Sidepiece. He has a drink called Lover Boy and he makes a tea and he makes a spritzer. He has three flavors of each. Apparently, you can't order the tea online, but me and Amanda wanted to do a taste test because y'all know I've been on my summer house journey like the past month, the whole month of all of 2021, basically. I've been on my summer house journey. I'm caught up, I'm ready to watch. I've been DMing with the cast because I'm trying to talk to every damn bad about this show. I want to make sure that uh, Jordan is failing in life because if he succeeds, I'll be very goddamn unhappy. Listen, we got all this shit that we need to talk about, and I really wanted to We we got together, and you see how I'm switching topics. (laughs) We got together, and we were like, okay I didn't know you ordered this. I ordered it too. Let's go ahead and do like a little taste testing. Most likely I'll end up posting the audio because we do have the audio from the actual taste testing. I might post it on here as a bonus episode. I'm already giving y'all WandaVision. I mean, damn, I guess y'all will get another bonus episode uh, pimping my ass. I'm I'm getting pimped like uh, Marie Husband on Bell Collective, but that's okay. Pimp like Essie. Essie, we all got pain. listen. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Let's get into these reality shows because we got six something to talk about. And my God, my God, this is a loaded week. All of these shows, even if they weren't drama-filled, some of them were just funny as fuck. The real, the, the little women, I'll probably call them the, 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 the real women of uh, uh, Atlanta. That is not their name, child. The little women of Atlanta, hilarious. Real Housewives of Atlanta, hilarious. Real Housewives of Dallas, I'm ready to put my boot off in somebody's ass. Carrie and Cameron are so goddamn annoying. I can't wait to talk about all this shit with y'all. I'm going in a random order. Look, I'm going in order that I watch rewatch this shit in. Y'all know I watch all these episodes two or three times to get ready to record the podcast. So I'm just gonna do it in the order I recorded in because I don't really have the bandwidth right now to do another one. I was gonna wait until I was sober and just drop this episode a day later. But everybody on Instagram encouraged me to do a drunk episode. I'm I want to make it clear. I got a pretty high tolerance for alcohol, so I'm not drunk drunk, but I'm a little more whoopity 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 than I thought I was. They were kind of noticing on the live that I was on my way. He's starting. I was starting, yeah, I was starting. But uh I it, it kind of cemented during the Real Housewives of What City, is it? Real Housewives of Utah, (laughs) all the Mormon wives. It kind of cemented during that because somehow, I guess I didn't know. It shows you how good of a damn fan page I am. I didn't know that the season finale was an hour and a half long. So, child, I tuned in ready to take my last sip at uh, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock central. Or, or, child, whatever the time it was. You know what? (laughs) I tuned in ready to take my last sip. And them people were still going. They had barely gotten that damn party started. So we'll see. I mean, let's go ahead and start with the Atlanta Housewives because they, (laughs) this is the element that I like to see them in because when they're funny, they are funny as hell. So let's get to them. The episode starts off. We don't even get a damn intro in this episode. They pick right back up where they left off last week. We pick up with Candy kind of defending Kenya's decision to bring Brooklyn. She actually, I'm not going to lie, she actually made a pretty good case for Kenya. Once Portia asked the question, you know, Mark has never kept Brooklyn. He's never kept the overnight, you know, all like that. Candy like, no, Portia ends that shit all together. She says, well, if she ain't got no help, she ain't got no help. I know that's right. Now, see, it ended it all right there. Now, see, Ashley Darby. Your ass, your ass got all the help in the goddamn world. And y'all fucking with Wendy because she dog skinned. And di- you know what? Let me go on no. on. Be- <laughs> I, I, the last thing I need to be doing is drunk and uh ranting about colorism and race and all this. Let me let me keep this light because I've been through this damn phone through the window. And then I'm I'm due for an upgrade any day now. Oh, Lord, I need to go and get my dad. what I don't even know what iPhone, what iPhone are we on. I think I got the 11. I want the 12. I don't know. We'll we'll find out though. Kenya is planning some kind of murder mystery. The only reason I mention this damn murder mystery right now, because you know they get into it deep later in the episode, is because they flashed back. When she said these girls love competition, and they literally like, they going back like the past like 12 years, they showing all the damn competitions, and y'all know Candy real competitive. Child, they showed all these competitions, and they didn't show NeNe face not a one time. They cut the, I mean, and, and she was in every competition. They made sure to cut her out. If that one shade, I don't know what it is. Listen, NeNe you and Bravo are real life beefing, like y'all got beef for real. Do you hear me, child? That ain't my damn business though. So I'm stay the hell up y'all stuff. Latoya and Kenya had uh had to make sure that like you know the ladies, do you know that they knew that the actors that were coming in there were joking. Look, don't come in there waving no damn guns, okay? Y'all know what the hell we just went through in 2020. You're not about to come in there waving no guns in a room full of black folk. And then we got to figure out, you know, wait a minute. Is these motherfuckers joking? Is they for real? You know, are they sick? what the hell going on? We need to figure it out. We'll fuck around in uh, Black Lives Matter Avenue all over y'all asses in here. All in Carolina. Shit, you know, you know, y'all, you know what? Let me not talk about Carolina either. See, I'm going to have to really edit myself doing this. I should have just waited till I was in my right mind. But you know what? What fun is that? Kenya and Latoya have already picked the rooms. Now, see, while that's a good plan, it kind of annoyed me. Like, I'm used to seeing Sonya and Ramona uh, be so fucking annoying about these rooms. But also, you kind of miss Sonya and Ramona being annoying about these rooms because we get to, you know, we get to see an epic fight amongst the wives. We get to see Ramona and Sonia versus Bethany, like that level of drama. Don't scam me on the drama. See, if you had had them folk down there in their room and had them race to get the best ones, Marlo ass would have been cussing, fussing, and fighting. Portia wouldn't have been standing for that shit. There would have been some good ass drama. Shamia just now starting to get invited to shit again. She probably would have picked that little tired ass room that Marlo had, but that don't matter. You made us miss out on some real live drama that we could have (sighs) had. I don't know. Kenya, you just, you do the most sometimes. I want you to let these women fight. You was trying to police so much of this damn party. Let these people fight. I'm ready to see some fights, okay? Now, see, y'all already gonna be sucking and slobbing on this man after the Super Bowl when they finally air y'all next episode. We waiting for that. But until then, you could have let these motherfuckers fight. The ladies... Picking their whatever names, vacation names or party names, whatever it is, was hilarious. But Candy, you tried it. You you tried it, hoe. That shit didn't work. You tried it. I can't think of anything, girl. The way you and Todd be in their bedroom having the motherfuckers sign NDAs and shit, Candy. You could have thought of something else besides Angel. Your name could have been Pretty Pink Poise or something like. You could have been. Judy with the big old booty. It could have been T.I. and Tiny. Oh, hold on. I'm sorry. Like, you know what? <laughs> Let me stop. I need to uh, hit stop on this damn recording right now. Because, see, I'm, uh, I'm going to end up saying something that I'm going to get canceled for. You could have told them people your name was Tiny and you was coming. To, you know what? Let me stop. I'm. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to joke about that no more. I'm going to leave that shit to Fade. While they're in the midst of everything going on that actor came in there and died on the floor, and then the men came in with guns. Portia jumped behind that motherfucking couch so fast. There she was point. Portia said, fuck you bitches. Every man for themselves. Just mutilate Cindy's white ass and leave. <laughs> How do I always manage to slip in a scary movie reference on this? I don't know what it is about Brenda. Brenda is just like one of the greatest movie characters of all time. But I always find a way to slip Brenda in. But look, them people came to fuss, cuss, and drink, nothing else. They did not want to do no damn murder murder mystery. Sober people barely want to do that shit. And now you got a room full of drunk motherfuckers trying to do it. I be damned. Portia hit y'all with that ebony from uh from Players Club. She said, I just came to dance for y'all. And that's it. I know that's right, Portia. Ain't nobody trying to uh solve no damn murder mystery, can you? What kind of shit is this? I came to drink, cuss. Fuss and nothing else. I'm not gonna tell you again. When I walk through the door, you should have had uh eighteen hundred shots ready to go and, and, and had a backup right after that. You should have had some lover boy on the counter. Child, I'm trying to become an ambassador. If y'all if y'all make me a lover boy ambassador, I'll promote that shit on every episode. It ain't gonna happen, but look, we go we, we gonna put positivity out there in the atmosphere, okay? Positivity you and me will never be. What's hilarious but almost expected. Kenya, Candy, and Tanya were the only ones taking that shit seriously. And the only reason Tanya was taking it seriously is because they give her any room they want to on the trips. Tanya, they told her that you could win a better room. Tanya was all for that shit. Child the Portia was in the background, Tussie rolling. Shamia was uh throwing that ass in a circle. Drew was rotating that wig. It was a lot of shit going on in the background. That shit almost made me choke when that motherfucker said, I have an announcement to make. Everybody looked real serious. They're like, oh shit, what are you about to say? What he you about to say? Ooh, girl, what you about to say? He said, it's some hoes in this house. It's some hoes in this house. Them motherfuckers turned clean up. Kenya, ain't nobody trying to do no damn murder mystery while they on vacation. They trying to throw that ass in a circle and everything else. They just trying to, oh Kenya. Listen, when we went to, <laughs> see the, I said I want to go tell my real business because I'm drunk and I might spill too much of it. When we went to the last vacation, I remember going on was when we went to Vegas. Me and some cousins all went to Vegas. When I tell you we walked in that house, it was none but liquor drinking and ass throwing in there. Ain't nobody trying to do no damn murder mystery while you go to uh you trying to go to the beach. And sh- you know what, Kenya, I'm not going to talk about your hosting skills because they read your ass about your hosting skills and your crab cake ordering ass. This whole episode, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to reserve the right to be nice to you. Now, I don't know if that's really a right, but... I'm going to probably cuss you out in like three minutes, but still, it, it. I reserve the right. Fallon shows up, and of course, she's looking as rich as ever. Look, Fallon showed up like she just got off a private plane, catch. The rest of them showed up like they just got off a bus. Hell, <laughs> I know Portia was mad as hell. She could have been on that motherfucking private plane with Fallon, but she was stuck on the, uh, the Selma bus rides with Marlowe hazmat suit wearing ass. I would have been mad, too. Fallon ain't even staying with them motherfuckers. She's staying next door. She said, "I'm not about to stay in this raggedy ass beach house with Kenya." My husband uh rented out the house from Dynasty where Jr. got shot. I'm not about to sit up here and play with y'all in these liberty. You want me to stay in that room Marlo in? Oh hell no! Nah. I'm next door. I'm gonna stay in this house uh from Dynasty where they shot Jr. I'll be. I'm I'm good. Don't worry about me. I just came to drank up y'all liquor. Then I'm gonna leave. Ooh we. Then we got the crux of the episode. Ch- we got Drew versus Latoya. Latoya was interrogating Fallon for some odd reason about why she brought her husband. And Drew, who, you know, Drew was already armed with the information that Latoya had been talking about that ragged ass wig behind her back. And she said, oh, we now we know she don't care about husbands. child." Latoya was spending every moment she could thinking about what to say. She didn't respond to that girl till about 30 minutes later while they was on the house tour. La- <laughs> about an hour later, when she finally came up with something, Latoya said, well, what about your struggling ass husband? And she grabbed Drew's arm. Now, see, not only did she grab it, she pulled it towards her. Drew was ready to fight i know that's right she said the last bitch that touched me wound up with her damn head rammed on a gate i'm from chicago bitch i know that's right let me tell you something i i shouldn't be telling y'all all this i'm telling my business i'm a little drunk i'm gonna tell it anyway y'all i'm probably slurring my words this episode in the future might get deleted i don't know if lover boy they want to uh they want to sponsor me i'm deleting this shit but for right now y'all enjoy shit <laughs> i remember Being a kid, it was one guy in the neighborhood named Hilton. Oh, bitch, Hilton. That motherfucker. He used to come around here. He wasn't even a bully. He was just somebody that liked to provoke people. But he knew he can get beat the fuck up. He couldn't beat nobody. He couldn't fight. So he was just doing shit to do shit. I got so mad at him one day, he had taken my bike. And he drove around the corner. He didn't come back for about 30 minutes. When I tell you I was fuming, there was a brand new bike. It was a huffy. You know that high shit that your parents didn't want to buy you. So you had to be on your best behavior, getting uh, straight A's and couldn't get no N's in conduct, couldn't get no U's, had to get all E's, all E's and A's, only vowels in this motherfucker. You had to get all vowels. And then he got the nerve to ride your bike around the corner to see his partners and shit. I took his head when he finally came back. He was all on that gate. So I knew exactly what Latoya was talking about when she said "I uh, the last bitch that said that ran me on a gate. I know that's right. Listen, they don't make gates for nothing. <laughs> if they not the ram heads, what the hell are gates for? Is they just for your dog? Like, I, that ain't what they for. Drew doing it right. Drew know what the hell they for. Latoya finally apologizes, but she does it in true housewives form, which means she gives you a (laughs) non-apology. You know how housewives apologize. We ain't got to say, well, if that hurt your feelings, I'm sorry that it did, but you sense it. You know them kind of apologies. That's the housewife apologies. And then right after she apologized and Drew had accepted it, she said, well, can I touch you now? And started laughing. See, you can tell right then Latoya was drunk as hell. I'm not even going to be mad at you, Latoya. I'm drunk right now. You was drunk then. But she asked the girl because she touched her. Now, <laughs> Listen, this kind of reminds me, Latoya, I know I shouldn't be laughing at you or your jokes because you are clearly the villain <laughs> on this season. But it reminds me of when back when I hated Kenya because there was a time I really hated Kenya. Now, not so much. I really kind of appreciate what Kenya brings to the show. But <laughs> I remember that season. Ooh, I want to say not whenever Phaedra's last season was. You know when they was uh when they had to talk about them candy romans, them Ti. You know what? Let me stop. I I gotta quit doing that because Candy. As long as you stay silent, we go keep associating y'all. So let me keep saying allegedly. Before I get sued, Candy, I ain't got no damn money. If you sue me, you ain't gonna get shit, but uh, a pack of Gushers and some now and later. You better not sue my ass. You ain't gonna get shit. I remember. <laughs> I don't even know what damn story I was. With. Oh, the, the reunion. The reunion where it was Phaedra's last, and they found out about the, uh, you know, the whole, you said that? that their reunion. I remember there was a point where Kenya... Said something. Uh, her and Portia were going back and forth. Portia was just trying to get her viewpoint across, and she finally said, "Like Kenya, can you, can you shut up?" And Kenya was like, "Okay, Elvis." And then she started cracking up. Listen. Y'all know I love me some Portia, but I was at my house so goddamn tickled. I hate it when the villain make you laugh at them so damn hard. And then you trying to wonder if they the villain again. That's how I felt in this moment. Latoya said, can I touch it now? (laughs) What she want to say is... Can I put some jojoba oil on that dry-ass hair of yours, or is it still too early? We still not friends yet? Uh, I guess not then, okay. well I can't put no uh, a little bit of you know shea butter or nothing like that in there. It's just a little dry. Look, just put it right there along the edges. It'll help them edges grow back out. They can do a little twist and turn and uh cotton candy, sweet and roll, something like that. After Latoya and Drew decide they not go gang-bang in them people's house, they decide to t- continue the tour and Kenya gives Marlowe an old raggedy ass hotel six ass room. Now see, that's the kind of room you cheat on your husband in when he won't take his ass out the house. <laughs> so you got to fuck your side piece at the uh, the hotel motel holiday inn. That, whoo, that ends up causing a whole riff as epic as the smalls versus the talls. We get the aunties versus the nieces. I'm wondering, hmm, what y'all think I am? See, okay, I got my own opinion. See, I'm vibrant and fun, you know, when it's time to turn up. But I also don't want to leave my house unless, like, I'm about to go out of town. So I don't think I'm a niece or auntie. You know what? I think, I think I'm think i a conkle. I'm a cousin uncle. That's what I am. A uncle. See, I'm a uncle. You know they come out when it's time to turn up. You know your drunk ass uncle will turn up and dance to any song, and, and he a part of anything that you ready for him too. But your cousin, you don't know when they the next time you gonna see your cousin, <laughs> bitch. You might not see your cousin till next Christmas. They might come to you like, bitch. Let me tell you what Leroy said. Then I told him I saw you last. You like, bitch, what, what Leroy said with his uh big nose ass? What he said to your girl? And you got to tell your cousin. See, I'm getting off topic. Oh, Lord, let me not get talking about Leroy, child. <laughs> Marlo is the character we've always needed. I always need her on this show. I don't necessarily need her to be full time, but I need her there. So, like, I understand the decision not to give her a peach, but I need her there. Marlo told Kenya that she farted and sneezed (laughs) all in her damn bed for giving her that hotel, motel, Holiday Inn ass room. And then Marlo proceeded to put them couches together and she slept in the living room instead of sleeping on that damn bed. Now, that's funny. And then she put a sign up on the room saying that it was an actual dressing room. You know what, Marlo? I have no choice. I have no choice but to go up for you. You've been giving us reasons to go up for you for years. Marlo, I live. Candy, let me make another side note. Because you were trying to make the point that you were not an auntie. Well, look, you had on that uh, Walmart nightgown and it was not helping your case. Chat, Candy, look, my mama got that same nightgown and every damn color pattern design all of that. and her ass let me tell you so my mama ghetto ass she will <laughs> say she needs to run to the store she will put on some jeans underneath that cotton ass nightgown and she would throw on a jacket and she will walk clean out this house let me tell you something mama Take that damn Walmart ass nightgown off and put on literally in a shirt, just in a shirt. She literally that thing be almost down to her knees, but she got some jeans on up under it. Candy, if you want to talk about uh, <laughs> them people calling you a auntie, show up in that outfit you showed up in later that night. We we gonna talk about that because I think I got a whole section to talk about there with your nasty ass with your t. You know what? Let me stop. <laughs> Ooh, we Kenya came in there with that one ass crab cake and all hell broke loose. See, Kenya, you a bad, a bad host for ordering that one ass cupcake, not cup child, the one ass crab cake. Ooh, I want a cupcake right now. You see this why you can't do this shit while you, oh Lord, let me focus, Kendrick focus. Okay. She showed up with that one ass crab cake and them folk were mad as hell. She didn't order nobody else, none. She ordered her own food, but then she let them people uh, roast a pig. <laughs> she roasted a pig for the rest of them people that wasn't gonna be done till nine o'clock that night. I've been mad at the See, they was mad, but candy? Oh, can- you know not to play about candy and her food. Candy do not play that shit candy said bitch yeah. oh she she had a whole monologue prepared look candy i'm not mad at you that's how i be about food too don't play with me and my food i already don't want to show up to this shit and then you don't want to feed me either oh, okay bet portia said exactly what we were all thinking they basically crashed kenya and latoya's honeymoon chat. if y'all just wanted to click kiddies, just say that Ain't nobody mad here. Half the cast is filled with uh some timey ass lesbians. Y'all could have just told them people they would understand. They didn't care shit. Why, why y'all y'all keeping a secret then inviting us here and then don't want to feed us? See, I'm about to get mad. Let me let me move on. We get a quick scene where Latoya reveals to the ladies that she bought a custom wig for Drew, child. Cynthia and Candid try to talk her out of this shit, but y'all know Latoya was vying for a full-time position on this show. She was not trying to hear that. She like, look, this gonna cement me in for next year. She just didn't know that Drew has something for her ass right back. We cut the later on that night when it's almost time to eat that uh that same-ass pig that's been cooking all damn day and them people been starving. Candid showed up to dinner butt-ass naked naked n-e-k-k-i-d naked now she wasn't really naked but that body suit she had on it was damn near naked and she looked good as hell candy now i know how y'all be you know what let me stop candy i'm gonna quit messing with you this episode but look y'all making it kind of easy right now let me let me go on, on. Portia's prayer during that dinner scene was funny as hell, especially when they didn't have no damn food for her to eat, no way. Child, Portia, a whole vegan, and them people roasted a pig. See, Kenya, you low down. You did that shit on purpose. Now, was it funny? Yes, but you didn't have to do that to that girl. This was one of Bravo's, like, best edited scenes in the past year. Like, this was Potomac-level editing in this one scene of Portia doing this prayer. This was T'Challa... Calling Giselle a trick level editing like all of this I I loved every minute of this was funny as hell I felt like I was in a a Kojic, cogic c o g i c church from down south where they speaking back to the pastor Amen yes Lord I I felt that Portia you need to uh get back into your evangelist days don't just don't take none of your bad habits back with you you know what I'm talking about I remember them videos Portia but I still love you halfa. I think that scene between Drew and Latoya secured Drew's spot for next season. Latoya was giving her an apology, quote-unquote, an apology to Drew. She said, I'm sorry that tired-ass wig (laughs) wasn't plucked and secured correctly. Oh, bitch, Drew got that ass right together. She said, I got a gift for you, too. She went and got a picture and autographed that motherfucker in front of everybody. Now, listen. We might, we might not like LaToya, but her and Drew are giving this season. Giving that whole little rivalry. Uh, LaToya's shade is a lot sometimes because it's so unwarranted. But, I mean, it makes me laugh. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I get tickled every now and then. Now, if she didn't come back next season, I don't think I would cry for her. But I do love Drew. I think Drew has earned her spot for another season. And then y'all know, second season, Housewives, tend to get the makeup and the wigs and all this stuff. They tend to get it down then. So we go, you know, we'll, we'll have a chance to see what she, what she giving, uh, what she, you know, what she giving next season. Cause this season it's been a little Broadway, you know, she, she gives a little, you know, stage play, you know, Orpheum theater, you know, she, she, she gives that kind of vibe with her dressing and her wigs and stuff, but that's okay. Because we we like it anyway. We like a progression. We love a progression. So we'll, we'll be looking forward to seeing how you progress next season. The episode ends with kind of a cliffhanger between Kenya and Marlo talking about their room and then talking about their relationship and all that kind of stuff. Look, I'm excited about it because I'm actually I was excited to see Kenya and Marlo become friends online. So I'm excited to see how it actually happens on the show. But now that we got Atlanta out the way, let me get into these Dallas Housewives. Because who let me let me go ahead and warn y'all right now. If some boots need to be put in some asses. I don't know who the hell asked for Carrie and Cameron as a duo on this show. Hell Stephanie and Brandy were annoying enough sometimes, but at least they were funny. Carrie and Cameron, I don't know who asked for this, but Whoever, whoever it was sent for, I'm gonna go ahead and return it to sender in case you can't find your mailbox or something. I'm gonna go ahead and do that for you because this was um, uh, I, ain't, I don't like that. We pick up at Brandy's little ass party in Grapevine when Deandra was rapping Carrie and Cameron's asses all the way up. We start off with the hostess lady. She was pouring some cheap-ass cupcake wine for these people to taste, child. It probably one not cupcake, but it look, that's what the design looked like on the bottle. I know cupcake wine now. When you broke his head, you can pour some cupcake wine. That sweet-ass wine, child. Then they start playing some game that Stephanie and Brandy play often called Design the Panty or something like that, the panty game, where they all, like, design something on the panty and they get branded a panty. and then she try to guess which pan came from who it's a a lot of, you know it's, it's definitely a game they play on the real housewives of Dallas. you don't see it in nowhere else but it's definitely one of their kind of games somehow Carrie's birthday parties started to come up specifically the one uh that they just had the all white party or whatever with the guys shirtless and uh spraying champagne you know the party i'm talking about and they talk about carrie throwing tiffany in the pool it let me tell you something now i've been floored and flabbergasted a lot but sometime hypocrisy just does me in carrie opened her mouth and said that tiffany needed to let something go carrie carrie brittingham opened her mouth And said that somebody else, anybody else needed to let something go. Carrie, I know you are fucking lying to me. Carrie will hold on to some shit and bring it up every time she sees the person. Listen, that was all that Deandra needed to get started. Deandra lit into her ass. And Cameron, ooh, Cameron had the nerve to try to jump in. And it was World War II. Tiffany was wrapping their asses up from the front and DeAngelo was wrapping their asses up from the side. She started correcting them and everything. (laughs) She called one of them. I think it was Carrie called Tiffany Two-Face called the girl Two-Face Two-Face and Tiffany had to get him the word. she said, I think what you trying to call me, what you trying to call me. <laughs> I don't know what the hell she was trying to call her, but it wasn't Two-Face. She said, you trying to call me contradictory or, or something. I forgot the word. Something Uh, hypocritical, something like that. You know, where you get, I don't know. hell. She was trying to call her something. And then Carrie started bringing up, I mean, she made it about, oh Lord, that lady made it about race. She made it about traffic. She made it about her shoes being too tight. Carrie, you annoying as fuck, and I want you off this show next season. I I literally cannot sit through you. Your only, literally, your only saving grace is your daughter that's out there in California fighting for Black Lives Matter and coming back and doing all this. Th- cha- the your only saving grace. Somebody bring uh Leanne Locking back from the dead so she can come and annoy the fuck out of Carrie one good time. Now, child, you know we we put Carrie the rest. I mean, not Carrie, Leanne the rest. She need to come get uh, Carrie and take her ass with her. Both of them can be gone off of my TV screen. I don't need now one of them. Lord, somehow, somewhere, Carrie and Deandra end up getting back into it later on in the episode when they hit the next spot. This was a lot to keep up with. Deandra had to remind Carrie that uh, all her kids were grown as hell and that she didn't do nothing day to day. No, this is still at the table. Remind her all that Carrie... Let me tell you something. It takes a lot to like truly piss me off with these shows, but doing stuff that I feel like plays on my intelligence is one of my, see you sobering me up right now. I feel like playing on my intelligence is one of my biggest pet peeves in the world. You attempted to use your daughter's struggles to deflect your ignorant ass behavior and get the heat off of you. Now see Carrie, that's why the fans don't like your aunt. <laughs> Now, There might be some people listening to this that do like her, but there were a lot of people. Whenever I mentioned Dallas on my story, were saying they didn't like Carrie, and they weren't sure why. They said it was because her attitude towards a lot of stuff and the way she talked to her husband and all this kind of stuff just seemed bad. And I had, listen. I'm not gonna lie. I half-assed watched season four, which was her first season. I didn't really, I didn't really know. I didn't understand why people were so annoyed with Carrie. Let me tell you something. I get it. Had you mentioned at any other time about your daughter, you would have gotten sympathy from everyone. We all would have been feeling bad for you. We want. We would have wanted to know the journey. We would have wanted to follow it. All this kind of stuff. Give fuck you you are almost as bad as Lisa Renner using Scott Disick's current jump off as a pathetic ass storyline every season. See, why do I have to bring up? Uh, <laughs> why do I have to bring uh, Lisa Renner up in every damn episode? And I could have just as easily called that lady Amelia Gray. But did I do it? Nope. Why? Because I'm petty. I don't give a fuck. People, I'm starting to believe this rumor that Stephanie owns a piece of the production company or whatever, cause Brandy really is getting a good edit. Her only like thing during this episode, she was helping break up the fight between the ladies, and then she got to teach whatever, uh, like little booty popping uh, booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere class that they was having at that bar. And then AJ, the bartender who looked like he was off, uh, Pawn Stars came and joined in. He was busting it, busting it wide open before they, had, you know what? It was a lot going on, but one thing about it, it made me smile. And I'm starting to think, I'm like, Hmm, y'all are trying to make me smile a lot. When Brandy's at the forefront, see, I know what y'all are doing. I got degrees, though. See, I can see right through you all shit. Now, I ain't got as many as Dr. Wendy and Dr. Tiffany, but I got enough, damn it. I'm in enough student loan debt to know what the hell y'all are trying to do. I see through you. We see each other. We see each other. The laptop is closed. Now, see, this is where y'all lost me. While Carrie and DeAndre are talking at the next bar or whatever, you know, they continue this argument. Carrie attempts to tell D'Angelo that she feels like she never asked her about her life. Then Carrie goes on and attempts to say that she has nothing. She has nothing. She has no money. Wait, where? You ain't got no, you, you said wait. You ain't got no money. I get it if you feel like you don't have anything without your husband. But literally, if you divorce that man, you go get Half. And you're on a reality TV show right now on Bravo. You're one of the real housewives. Like, you have money. Once again, Carrie, just like her best friend Cameron, wants to be oppressed so damn badly. And that's what causes me to completely disconnect from those two. Y'all know at the beginning of this season, I was going up for Cameron. I don't know what happens as this show goes on, but it's... uh, I guess I didn't realize can like I guess I knew last season Cameron made herself out to be the victim all the time, especially with Stephanie last season. But gee, I didn't know she needed to be a victim this damn bad court. Pay attention to your wife. The lady wants attention and apparently you ain't giving her enough. Quick side note, because I say it literally every week when I'm watching this show, but I don't think I've said it on the podcast yet. Tiffany Moon is eating in those confessionals. Every single look. And for a first-time housewife, that's kind of unheard of. And it's kind of iconic. Now, look, we just talked about Atlanta, and I'm not going to bring Drew up into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> now, see? Oh, Lord. That was the ghost of COVID living in my body, and it got me right together. Let me stop being petty. That she was about to get me right together. That pink leather with that high ponytail... Love it. That sparkle, one sleeve dress and that highlighted hair. Love it. Every time she pops up in those confessionals, killing it. Now, see, I guess that means she really got money. She got money to where she can actually get somebody to help her. See, I believe these other people be faking. That's why they look bad their first season. But then around their second or third season, they finally start to get their shit together. Now, look, most of this episode was still Brandy's birthday party or whatever and Carrie and Cameron being annoying was most of the episode, but we end the episode with a conversation that isn't funny, but I really want to bring up on this podcast. (laughs) It was Tiffany moon mentioning how, you know, she says you've made it to the top of the mountain. And then you're like, why did I even climb the mountain? Now, look, I'm sure a lot of y'all listening to this can relate to that one sentence. I can relate to that shit so many times. There are so many times where I just sit and think, why the hell did I spend all this goddamn money and get into all this goddamn debt to get these two damn degrees and they ain't even paying off in life? Let me tell y'all something. Y'all got my ass over here with a master's degree, and the folk I work for don't give a good goddamn. Let me tell you something. Right when I was about to get promoted, COVID hit, and my industry was absolutely decimated. Now, see, they just go to tell you right there. I need to switch industries. I don't need to be in this funky ass, fickle ass industry. But yet, here I am. They let me have a lot of PTO time. So <laughs> my ass just stay with them. I need to find another job. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of it like Tiffany Moon. Now, I don't know what the hell else she said to her husband. Because I was half ass paying attention. But y'all know I be, you try. Y'all know I be on that damn phone. I be playing uh, Mario Kart World Tour and playing uh, Billards and all kind of shit. I'll be half-assed. Don't let me fuck around and get in them DMs on Instagram. I really, really won't pay attention to them, but that was the crux of it. I just needed to vent about Carrie and Cameron because y'all work my nerves every single week. I I like both of y'all in solo scenes, but I... Hate any group scene where the both of y'all are together. Hate it, hate it, hated it. it, it. Don't need to see it no more. Nobody asked for this duo. Keep Brandy and Stephanie's tired asses and we'll be okay. Let's go ahead and jump into the turtleneck wearing ass bachelor. The bachelor opens up with Brittany reminding us that people think she's a whole prostitute. (laughs) And it also reminds us that Katie. KT is the one that went and told Matt, and now he's going to address it at the rose ceremony. Now, see, that's kind of stuff I like. I want to see this stuff addressed. We didn't get to see it on last week's episode. It left us with a cliffhanger, so we actually get to see it this time. It's important to remember, even though they remind you all throughout the episode, that MJ is the one that makes the Varsity versus JV comment. Hell, I mean, she said it all throughout this episode. and She said it at the beginning of the episode, too. It's also important to remember that Anna said that she's super confident and it's been the best week that she had. Now, girl, I hate to look. If I was a genie, I would hate to tell you your fortune. Don't don't rub this lamp. <laughs> Leave this lamp alone, girl. Don't rub this lamp, girl. I I hate to have to uh blush you your heart and tell you the truth about yourself, but you just keep going, okay? Matt ends up coming in the room and he begins to tell the ladies that he's heard these rumors. And that he needs to address some things and then bullying and all this stuff will not be tolerated. And then he says that he wants to speak with Britney first, not Anna, not MJ, not Victoria with Britney first. I know that's right, Matt. While Matt is speaking to Brittany, the rest of the ladies are absolutely scrambling. They're spiraling. They're doing everything they can in their power to figure out a lie, a ruse, a scam, a scheme, anything they can come up with so that they asses ain't sent home. And then after he's talked to Brittany, Matt comes to get Anna. Oh, Uh oh, Anna. Anna tries to explain away why she did what the fuck she did, but Matt wasn't hearing that shit. He said, I have to do what I got to do. And what I tell you, he booted her ass out that house the same way I tried to boot Carrie and Cam off the cast of the Real Housewives of Dallas. He did what the fuck he needed to do. He gave what needed to be gave, which was an eviction notice. <laughs> he gave her big brother. I don't know if it was Celebrity or USA or UK, but he definitely gave her big brother. Look, Anna sat her ass up there and said that she gave up everything to beat her. You gave up everything for Matt? Really? You could you could have kept everything you had. I'm not gonna lie to you. You can buy your own damn turtlenecks. You don't need to borrow no turtlenecks from Matt. You gave up everything for Matt James, bitch. Everything. Everything for Matt James. You know what? That's your type. I'm not go. I'm I'm not mad at you. Let me move on because Britt- Matt James, bitch. Matt James. All right, girl. Chelsea. AKA bald head, whole shit like me. She starts a conversation and she says that bullying is a strong word. The new girls kind of state their case and they start receiving all kinds of bullshit ass apologies. They, you know what? That reminds me of elementary. When you know you would do something that you know you didn't have no business doing and then somebody would threaten a stench and you doing everything in your power not to, uh, (laughs) you know, to make it right before the teacher find out. I remember this one time. Now, look, for the sake of this story, I'm going to change his first name, not his last. I'm going to change his first name. We'll call him Randy Gross. I remember Randy Gross on the on the playground. He had done something I didn't like. He was my best friend, though. Like, best, best, best friend. Like, he had taken me. You know, I was black. He was white. I had never been camping before. He took me camping. It was sleepaway camp for, like, a whole... I don't know if it was a week or a weekend or what it was, but the shit... I wasn't used to the shit, you know? And so, he... You know, I we were that kind of friends. Like, friends, friends. Ooh! I remember on that playground that day, I... Pinched the shit out of Randy Gross. I'm talking about. You know how you you can just pinch somebody where you take a little bit of the skin. I took that skin and I twisted it. I pinched the shit. He was purple right there. You know he didn't. He would, he was a little pale. So you know that. you know you pinch a pale person. They that whole arm bruised <laughs> bruised the fuck up. I pinched him. I walked off to go hang with other folk. not thinking he care. You know thinking he about to. You know, laugh it off or rub it off like he usually did when we abused each other. Tap. I look back a little while later. It was a whole crowd surrounding Danny Gross. Whoop, not, see that? I hadn't told this man named Randy Gross. <laughs> it was a whole crowd surrounding that boy. They was all talking about, oh, stop crying. Stop crying. I said, what the hell he crying for? I walk over there. The teacher got over there the same time I did. She said, what's wrong? They said, he said Kendrick pinched him. I said, I know you fucking lying. Y'all didn't sit up here and snitched on me. I ain't did nothing to y'all asses. Child, when we went inside that uh, classroom, I had to pull a card. Now, if y'all don't know, let me tell you something. Pulling a card for me, I had never gotten an S in my life. I have to pull a card for the day. So that means my conduct changed from an E to an S. I was in that classroom so damn distraught. Danny was on the other side. I was on one side. They was comforting me because I uh I was crying. I had to pull a card. Danny was being comforted on one side, but then it was a whole nother scene going on in the classroom because the kids had learned about like swapping money and stuff. It was a whole, listen, it was some ghetto shit going on in the classroom. But I, I just remember Randy Gross, you didn't have to do me like that. I'm still upset. I'm I'm traumatized behind that damn uh. Pulling that card, giving me a S. I never get no S's, child, until I got to high school. They was S'ing and N in my ass every, <laughs> in every class. Fuck all, y'all. You know what? The Memphis public school systems, you you know what? Let me stop before uh, one of my damn principals hear this and turn my ass in. <laughs> Then we get a little showdown between Ryan and Victoria. Now, Victoria's mad because she feels like people are going around snitching on her the same way uh, Randy Gross snitched on my ass in uh, first grade. But we ain't going to talk about that. I had to pull that card and get an S. whatever. Victoria went to grab Matt. She started off by saying, oh, my God. I love the way you handled that situation. And, you know, she was giving him all the kudos and all the praise in the world as if she wasn't the one that that boy was talking about. Child, Matt (laughs) recaps what the girls have been uh, telling him. And he basically lets her know you on thin ice trick and don't call no dancer lady a hoe, you trick. Child, let me tell you something. What was super funny was Matt said you called that lady a hoe. And Victoria said that was completely taken out of context. Matt said, uh, well, what's the right context? Help me help you. What's the right context in which it's okay to call somebody a hoe? Now, see, her face was stuck there; Them bags didn't move at all. You know what? Let me stop Victoria. Victoria can't even fathom at no weight, shape, or form Uh, Subway, train, or plane She cannot fathom that she's actually the villain on this show And that she's toxic Or that she's a bully Let me tell you something That's like your pit bull Not being able to understand when you yell No! After they bite the shit out of you Victoria, you crazy as hell Victoria goes in that bathroom And she has a complete breakdown is basically just over the shit. She know her ass going home. She knows it's just a matter of time. She just uh oh, she's like let's hurry up and get this cocktail ceremony over so we can get to this damn rose ceremony and you can go and send me home. Now look this was some how do we say this was some good ass villain shit though. I'm not gonna lie. This was like Tiffany Pollard lusting after flavor flavor level meltdown. Like <laughs> that's that you're not getting one tear out of me kind of you, it's that level breakdown that was some good shit Victoria you raggedy as hell but you made some good TV I won't lie on you I'm not gonna lie on you like that now I don't want you to come back and be the bachelorette or nothing like that none of that kind of crazy shit that would be like Joseph showing up next season to be uh The Bachelor after the way he called Claire <laughs> child and man read Claire uh, from up to down from sun up to moonlight goddammit it we don't want Yosef as the damn bachelor we uh you know what I was about to tell some business let me stop I was about to say we want Ben after that picture he posted on Instagram recently child yeah no we want Trey Songs after the shit he posted today <laughs> Trey Songs, oh nasty ass Matt is petty as fuck. See, he's not wearing a turtleneck at that damn ceremony. So I guess he feel like he got enough confidence that he can be petty now. He starts handing out them roses and he gives a rose to every new girl that he can find. He said, no, I'm sick of you old motherfuckers. Let me see y'all new girls. Victoria doesn't end up getting a rose. And she has to tell him, listen, (laughs) she gave that man a speech. That man that said not one damn word to her, he was so damn over Victoria, she was just looking like, okay, well, whatever. Bye, guys. See you next time. She packed her bags. She packed her eye bags, and she left right on out that door. Fast forward <laughs> we get a scene where the girl that y'all say is racist on social media and be liking all kind of comments, uh Trumpian comments, racist comments, anti Semitic comments, whatever the hell she be liking allegedly. I don't know. I ain't you know, I ain't been seeing the shit. The one with the extra letter on her name, Rachel, he picks her for the solo date, and it made it seem like uh This was kind of like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Like, he was just sitting down. He took her to go try on some clothes, all kind of stuff. Now, see, I wouldn't have even mentioned this scene because it was boring as hell, and I don't give a damn about her. Or, you know, I barely give a damn about him. But they brought in Ty Hunter. Ty Hunter. Ty Hunter to be the stylist for this solo day. Chad, when I jumped up off my couch and said, Beyonce, I was really like, I was, I was looking for Beyonce to come around that corner. Y'all know you don't see Ty without Beyonce. He be right there putting together them glitter, <laughs> them glitter dresses she be having on them. He, you know, he put all that shit together. I was waiting for Beyonce to, man, look, I would have been trying to, fuck that, sh- that store they was in. I would have been trying to get that new Ivy Park collection, that Icy Park, that Gucci Mane and Hayley Bieber, that Icy Park. I'm trying to see what that's talking about. I don't want these cheap-ass uh, silk chiffon and cotton-ass dresses y'all trying to give me. I'm trying to get the real stuff, the stuff I can floss on Instagram with like the other, you know what? Let me, I be having to inhale, exhale so I don't. Overstep my bounds on this damn podcast. Funny side note, though. When she walked back into the castle with all them bags, why did I immediately think about Lil' Kim for some reason? Y'all remember that? No matter what people say, we got it going on. And everywhere I go, red carpet. Y'all remember that song in that video? Lil' Kim, uh, Missy Elliott, uh, 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 who, Mary J. Blige. All the folks in that video. They had a good old time. I forgot. Not, I as soon as I saw her walking in, I was like, come on, no matter what they say. Okay, uh, Ray Rachel with your big head ass. I'm, you can go home too. We don't like you, but of course, you know you got a rose because Matt give a rose to every damn batter he can find. He don't give a damn if he like you or not. He just give you a rose. He don't want to send nobody home. You know, Tasia, though. Can, can I walk you out? Can I walk you out, please? That's what I'm trying to see. Matt, you too damn nice for me. i uh little cornball ass. Listen, Matt James is putting these girls through hell. Let me tell you, sir, he had them on a pig farm for the group date. Now, see, first they had to get in the ring, the uh, boxing ring, and get their ass beat for love. Now they got to work on a damn pig farm and do manual labor for love. See, this is a lot. He had their asses shoveling manure. They was milking goats, all kind of bullshit. Now, let me tell you why Matt annoys me. He just had to tell y'all that he's from Carolina and that he's a country boy who was raised by a single mother. You know, we hear that shit every single episode. Well, maybe not that last part. You, 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 you was going to hear it on this episode at some point, though. He didn't say it right then, but he said enough. Hell, let me be clear with y'all. I might be country the way I speak. But I'm a motherfucking city boy, and that's on period. Look, I don't work jobs, bitch. I am a job. That's on Mary had a little lamb. That's on Mary had a oh so small, oh so petite, oh so little lamb. Okay, I I might talk country, but I I don't claim to be country the way Matt James claims to be country on every episode of The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, whatever the hell this shit called. Once again, we see Matt kissing with his eyes wide open. I don't know who else that creeps out, but it creeps me out as much as it sees. It creeps me out to see Meredith and Seth on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City kissing. I don't know what it is. It's just us a lot. And he's staring right into your soul. I don't like none of that. Every, everything about all of that, the kissing. I just don't want to see people kiss on TV no more. As a matter of fact, we living through a, a whole ponderosa outside. We in the middle of a pandemonium. And it's just, it's too much going on. I'm tired of y'all. I'm sick of seeing y'all kiss, especially these people. I'm sick of seeing all of them kiss. Can we just, can we just stop for a moment? Let's just take a break. Let me tell you why else Matt James is annoying. Later on that the evening, Abigail opens up about the possibility of having deaf children and how her father, because of all this, ended up leaving her mother and he walked out on them completely. Matt somehow relates this back to being raised by a single white mother. See, why we got to bring this up on every episode, we know Matt. We know you just as worsen as Cam on the Dallas house while I was trying to find some shit that people were to relate with her about. I'm sick of all this shit. Look, you may <laughs> See, I'm trying to I'm trying not to read Matt and the, his clothes and choices, but listen. You think that you better than everybody because you had that furry ass purple ass shedding ass sweater on during that date. All of that was making me, I'm sick of you and your clothing options. I'm tired of the, the cardigans. I'm tired of the, the turtlenecks. I'm tired of the shedding clothes all of it. I'm sick of everything imaginable. MJ ends up getting pulled aside for a one-on-one and she gets quote unquote blindsided. Now how she didn't know, is beyond me at this point, blindsided with antagonist accusations. Child, listen, everything the people saying about you is true. She keeps saying the words, you know, I just want peace and harmony. Girl, look, piece together some shampoo and conditioner and wash them dry ass curls. I'm so sick of MJ. MJ, see, the theme of this week is victimization. All these people i mentioned that want to be victims so damn bad, and don't realize that they are the oppressor. <laughs> they are the victim, the victimized, the victim, the bully, the bullized, All they, everything. I just want her to uh, to watch them dry ass curls she got. She then goes on because now she's mad and confronts all of the other ladies. One of the women whose name I've never known, I, maybe it's Jacinia, I don't know. It might have been somebody else though. Brings up the Junior versus Varsity comment. MJ, of course, takes absolutely no credibility. Why would she? She ain't got shit to lose no way, child. I'm sick of her ass too. I'm sick of all y'all. Now, let me tell y'all what part really made me laugh. Matt was getting ready for that one-on-one that he had with Kid. He says, you know, she's a fashionista. I got to, you know, I got to bring my A gang. Got to switch it up. Child, Matt James took off that turtleneck and he put on a cardigan. I'm so sick of him. I don't know what to do. I was about to cuss him out, but you know what? I'm tired of cussing you out every single week. The actual date was event uneventful as fuck. But guess what? kid got a rose. I think we all knew that no matter how this date went, she was going to get a rose just like everybody else he's going on a date with. Are we not tired of seeing that? I feel like that is so tired. Like the thing I loved about Tasia the most, even though she pissed me off sometime because she sent folk home, that she had been stringing along the whole time. Matt James is giving everybody he can a rose. Like is that not the most predictable shit in the world? Like you go make all of these dates work out. And cha- you ain't got Listen, all the folk that have been needing roses, Lauren and Chelsea, you know them kind of folk. I understand them roses. But, Chad, you just giving out roses to give them out. It's like you you afraid of gardens or something. I don't know what's going on. Matt, get that shit together because I'm sick of you. I See, I'm just getting sick of everybody. Maybe I'm sick of The Bachelor. I don't know. I'm sick of reality TV or something. Or maybe I'm just drunk. I don't know. I'm sick of y'all, though. Back in the house. They get some kind of card. You know, the man knocks on the castle door. He crosses that moat and he gives them people a card. This says that Matt needs to know the truth. And to get the truth, he needs MJ and Jacinia to show up to the rose or the cocktail ceremony before all the other women. Now, look. Don't threaten me with a good time. You know, I love the day drink. <laughs> they get there and they immediately start arguing. They had to ride over in the damn uh, Sprinter together too. Now, that's some shit there. MJ says, my character is being called into question. Well, you got some char- <laughs> you got some questionable character. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Take accountability. See, I want people including MJ and Jen Shaw from the Salt Lake City Housewives. I'm just stumbling over my words. The Salt Lake City Housewives to be okay with taking accountability. Like, it's really not that hard. All you got to do is acknowledge what you did or said. Say you won't do it anymore and that you understand why it was wrong. And most people will move the hell on. Some people want to be mad all day long. People will move the hell on if you acknowledge what you did. You say you won't do it no more. You know why it's wrong, and you moved the hell on. See, MJ, you on my list now. I'm going to just start calling you Jen Shaw because you, both of y'all are the same type of worser. So. Listen, Matt James pulled up in that little bitty-ass car. I don't know if that was a Nissan Cube <laughs> or if it was a, a one-seater Mitsubishi, not a two-seater. There was a one-seater Mitsubishi. He, I don't even know if he could... He he, drove that little ass car to put his foot down, but I don't even know if he can get his foot out that little bit ass car <laughs> as tall as he is. I don't know what was going on. Look, Bachelor Nation, that was a good ass episode, but I'm sick of all they asses. So, let's go ahead and move on to my girls that are back this week, the Little Women Atlanta. Let me go ahead and give y'all a disclaimer right now. I don't know how long I'm going to be covering Little Women Atlanta, because right now, it's funny as hell like it always is. And it's the show that we expect it to be. I don't know how long I can cover it, though. Because once we get to Minnie's death, the shit might be too sad for me to keep covering. And y'all know I try to keep this podcast upbeat. I might, be, I might show up slurring my words sometime. But I try to keep it upbeat and laughter flowing and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to try to stick with it as long as I can because I love this show. I always have, but whew, I don't know. They started off, you know, with a little tribute to many by the other cast members, and they were crying. I was crying right along with them. It was a whole mess, but once they got past that, we got right to the ratchet. Chad, we opened up with Abira moving into her new house. Juicy uh, bring her gossiping ass over there, and Abira lets her know that she's having a housewarming party. Now, see... We talked about this whole subject last week. She says, I'm inviting everybody. Everybody. You inviting everybody? Now, didn't I warn y'all about inviting everybody to y'all parties? You remember when Tamra said she was inviting all the damn ladies and Letitia said, well, I mean, I don't know how they go. I, I know how they acted at the brunch, but I don't know how they go act here. Same damn concept, just different people. Minnie and one of the twins, I don't know if it was Andrea or, uh, ooh, child, what's other twin name? <laughs> Andrea or, uh, ooh, why am I blanking on her name? Not Ashley. It's another A name. What's the, the damn good name? Andrea and, oh, it don't matter. Shit, at this point, it really don't damn matter. Andrea and Minnie are at the damn, uh, like, spin cycling class, Minnie brings up the fact that Juicy said that she couldn't believe she was lying about her health conditions. Now, this is all laying the groundwork for them doing a whole lot of gangbanging and knocking and bucking at a beer's housewarming party. The twin lets it be known also that she's ready to do some solo stuff and to kind of break away from her twin a little bit. Not that she doesn't want to hang out with her or see her and all this kind of stuff. But professionally, she wants to build her own connections, have her own, you know, music and all this kind of stuff. Child, don't either one of y'all need to be making music, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. If there was ever a mood for 2020 or 2021, it was definitely Juicy pouring that whole damn bottle of wine into that cup. Juicy said, if I'm going to be home, I might as well be drunk. Shit child she was trying to drink and money showed up with bags and luggage and shower shoes and bonnets and sketches she showed up with all kinds of shit juicy did not give that lady a warm welcome juicy said i called you when you was going through all of this i did this for you i did that you know what juicy juicy did like me she hyped herself up and got mad juicy said you know what Take your ass to a DoubleTree Hotel, motherfucker. Better yet, go get you a Hampton Inn. You don't deserve a DoubleTree. She didn't say all that, but, you know, I know my hotels. I work in the hospitality industry. Side note, I love the fact that this show actually acknowledges this quote-unquote kickoff special. That's what Juicy kept referring to in this scene. Housewives, on the other hand, they do not acknowledge the reunions in the same way, because it's like breaking the fourth wall. Now, we get a little more housewife fourth wall breaking nowadays, but it feels like they're making it a TV show sometimes. So housewives are like, you know, you remember the last time all the girls were together? That's what they usually say. You know, the last time we were all together, that's how you know, okay, they're referencing what happened at the reunion, but we're not supposed to know about the reunion because it's kind of a, you know, a behind the scenes thing, yada, yada, yada. Child, not on here. Juicy said, well, you remember we did the kickoff special with Tara from the LA cast, and she hosted, and you know, we got good ratings and stuff, and then Monty said this. I was like, oh shit, y'all, y'all don't give a damn. Y'all like bringing it up, bringing it up. Like, we supposed to know this is a damn reality show. Okay, gotcha. See, I like to know how these shows are set up. Now, see, we've always known that little women in Atlanta don't necessarily follow the rules of everybody else not all the other part you know all the other reality TV shows but I think that's why we love them so much so mention it all baby I'm not mad at you mention it all look a sitting down to dinner with her family you know she eating some hot, uh, hot honey What's well, she eating some hot lemon pepper wings all flat extra wet and then all of a sudden her doorbell rang. Child, it's money again. <laughs> this time, you know, she got her her bags and her luggage and her shower shoes and her bonnets and her sketches, all that shit she had when she showed up to Juicy House. Now, Beera, on the other hand, let money right in. You know, she, she throwing them little jabs. She's like, yeah, you my friend. Of course, I'm going to let you in here and stay and all this kind of stuff. Then she started telling them folks about how Charlene, Is being low down. Oh, who is Charlene? Is that what you just asked? Did I hear you from all the way in your home and wherever you may live? Washington? I don't know. Who is Charlene? Oh, Abira was calling Juicy by her government name. Now, see, that's how you know you mad at a motherfucker. If we only know her as Miss Juicy, baby, and you come calling her Charlene. Oh, that's some shit. You hell, I ain't mad at you, Abira. See, if won't nobody else on their cast go there, Abira will go there every motherfucking time. And I love it every motherfucking time. Fast forward to the day of Abira's actual, uh, what is it, a housewarming party. Her kids are so damn cute and so damn well behaved. And they're so funny. I love Abira's kids. But one of them said, I can't wait to meet the twins. <laughs> well, girl, your ass to have to keep waiting. You have, might have to wait till next season since your mama, at the end of this episode, go bust one of them upside the head <laughs> at uh, Juicy's event. But we'll get to that when we get there. What was funny as hell, though, was at this damn housewarming, seeing all these people trying to climb this hill. Now, let me tell you something. I don't go over folks' house that live on hills. Didn't they make a whole movie about that shit? About how you shouldn't be going over people's houses that live on hills. I'm not climbing all the way up there for some cheap ass hot wings and some pizza. I'm not doing it. Girl, I just got over COVID and you want me to wheeze and sneeze my way up this damn incline-ass driveway. I'm going the fuck home. I'm not sitting up here and doing this shit with y'all. I'm going home. Look, wrap me up a plate. Make sure you put a little Rotel dip on there. I'm going to go home. Take me some of these Doritos, some of these scoops. Get these uh, cheap-ass wings you bought or made. Oh, you made these? Girl, they nasty, but I'm going to eat some anyway. And I'm going home. I'm not climbing up your hill. Bring it down to the mailbox. Shit, I'm not doing all that with y'all. Keep in mind that Monnie and Minnie were already at the party. Juicy walked in and the whole mood changed. They went outside and sat by that fire and a beer got it cracking. I don't know what this show used to be without a beer, but one thing about a Abira, she go get it cracking. She don't need no reason. She said, now look at here, Charlene. <laughs> Why would you accuse that lady of lying about that imagine- imaginary ass heart condition? Child, Manny got up, and she threw that fake-ass Koto Clinic, uh, <laughs> now... <laughs> Oh, I just tipped myself then. Threw that imaginary-ass Koto Clinic paperwork at Juicy, and Juicy tried to throw that shit right back in the fire. Juicy said, that shit might be fake anyway. I felt like I was watching a black version of the uh, the OC Housewives back when they were actually good. Now, see, shout-out to, uh, to Brooks. Ooh, check, look. Y'all, I'm drunk. Y'all, forgive me. Child, let me not speak Brooks' ass up. He'll fuck around and follow me on Instagram, and I don't need them kind of problems. I already uh, have to cuss and fuss with Vicky enough. Vicky, don't try me. Look, we gonna leave Brooks where he at, okay? Let's just let's just move this shit along. <laughs> Juicy invites Monty out to dinner in an attempt to make things right. During this dinner, because, you know, she stormed off at, uh, at a beer housewarming, even though she leered her child. I don't know where she went, but during this dinner... Monty says that she thinks it's finally time to file for divorce. Girl, do it. They had that flashback to her and Morland's relationship over all the seasons. Them motherfuckers have been funny for a long time. Let me tell you something. When that man showed up to them people's wedding and said, if you knew what I knew about that sorry ass nigga, you wouldn't be marrying him. Boy, I fell out all over again. These people have been funny on this show for a long time. At some point during the dinner... Juicy invites Monty to her shades line launch, I meaning she has some sunglasses that are about to come out. She said, I'm inviting everybody. Monnie was like me. She said, Everybody? Juicy said, yeah. She said, even Minnie? Everybody. <laughs> Juicy said, everybody, girl. I'm inviting everybody. See, money, you like me. I'm not about to keep telling y'all to stop inviting Poke all to y'all parties, thinking that they not go uh go upside your head at these motherfucking parties. Folks out here gang banging their children's christenings. You really think your party's something special? If they will fight at a children's christening, what make you think that somebody won't bust you upside your head with a glass? Oh, oh, child. <laughs> I guess that happened, huh? No way. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's go. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into it now. Let's get to juices shade party launch the twins show up and a abira walks off immediately they can't be bothered with their asses juicy gets up to give a speech after walking in on these purple ass rose petals that somebody has found and killed and is dead and they throwing on the ground like she wakanda forever i don't know what was going on but juicy got up there to get a speech And everything quickly went off the rails as soon as she did. She said, this is what bosses do. We don't depend on anybody. Now, I ain't trying to throw no shade. And then she goes on and on and on and on. And then she said, I have my shades line, but I also boss up on my health. Now, what that have to do with anything, I don't know what it had to do with anything. But you know what? Manny caught that shade. She said, oh, okay, you still talking about my damn heart condition. I got you here, child. All at once, there were a million fires to put out at this party. First, Abira confronts Charlene about them health comments that she had just made on stage. Then, Abira <laughs> Turn her ass around and confront the twins about not coming to her housewarming party. She said, "Why y'all big bubblehead asses didn't come to my party? You can <laughs> y'all beer is funny than me. You can tell she from the south. That's the way we confront people down here. We don't do all that polite shit." She's like, nah. why the hell your big uh, trout mouth little ponytail should have been an oxtail or a ducktail? Ooh, having ass didn't come to my party. See, that's the shit I'm talking about. A beer." Comes on the scene and Abira gets it cracking whenever you need her to. Do y'all remember when we first met Abira? When she was twerking in front of them twins outside the club. They was ready to fight her ass. But she was just shaking her ass. That was the funniest shit in the world. I've been uh, an Abira fan ever since. Child, once again, I don't know where this keeps coming from. But once again, one of the twins brings up Abira having multiple Baby's father's. Now, soon after that, the drinks went to flying, and the fists were thrown. Uh, uh, Juicy was just a casualty of war, I guess. She got cracked clean over her head like Lil Mo did back in the day when she was, (laughs) when she was performing at that concert and somebody said, boo, and then threw that bottle up at her Was that Lil Mo or was that the brat? One of them got their head busted and not clean off their shoulders. They took them a little while to recover. Both of them are A-OK, so I guess we are good to go. Listen. I would have laid the fuck out at that party and I would have sued the shit out of Lifetime as soon as I got back up. I would have arisen like Jesus, but I would have raised pure hell when I got up off that flow. Child, the little women are back and I love every minute of it. Them people are so damn funny to me and if came, nobody else... In this world, make me laugh. Them little women can make me laugh. They come on on Friday nights. So if y'all are interested in adding that to y'all's rotation too, go ahead and set your DVR up. It comes on Lifetime. Next week, we will be adding Summer House too. But let's go ahead and get into our new favorites, The Bell Collective. Now look, this episode, for the most part, was about Marie and what she had going on in her house. And trust me, it was a lot going on in her house. Before I get to that, let me just mention, because I feel like it needs to be said. Antoinette, your contractor. Find than a motherfucker. I just feel like we need to say that. It almost made me forget about this video that Trey Sons dropped today. <laughs> and it ain't no damn music video. Okay. Anyway, listen. We know that Marie got some shit going on in that damn house. It's She's a better man, better woman. Better, uh, I don't know what pronoun you identify with (laughs) listening to this podcast, but she's a better that than I could ever be. Her son has three children by three different women and he is college aged and she takes care of all of them Ah, ah, you got me messed up. You got me all the way messed up. We go cut to Latrice, our girl Latrice. You know, her and Zaddy, they decided to go into business together. Child, That man, she tried to have a business lunch with somebody, and that man pulled right up on their asses. He said, uh-uh, y'all up here making all these damn decisions and uh trying to eat while y'all doing it, too. Y'all got the nerve to have a business lunch, and y'all ain't told nobody. Uh, he showed up. He was ready to cuss, fuss, and fight, but he kept it cute. He said, you know what? Let me just I let me let me just show up and let me try to get my input. I ain't gonna fight nobody because these people have been took me to jail in this restaurant. But I told y'all last week, if you go let Zaddy be a part of the restaurant, keep his ass silent, as in a silent partner, and then you run your business like you've been running it. You don't need that man's help for no kind of labels, them big country ass labels he was trying to put on the bottle. Uh-uh. You don't need no help with none of that. Tell him to be silent and stay silent in the bedroom, wherever the hell you want to be. Stay there. Don't come over here. Stay there. One thing I love about this show is how undeniably black <laughs> these cast members are. Every time Marie calls one of the other cast members, specifically Letitia, friend I just crack up because it reminds me of my cousin and her best friend every single time. And it reminds me of one of my co-workers and me at work. Every time she, no matter what it is. So what's that about, friend? Or what you going to do there to put, friend? Now what y'all do last night, friend? That kind of stuff, it kills me. And I, (laughs) and you know, you feel so much like, subtle shade within it too, but it's also kind of endearing. I don't know. That's just one thing. It always makes me smile every time she says that. It makes you feel like, you know, in, in reality TV terms, it makes you feel like they ain't known each other as damn long as, uh, they making it pretend like they have. But listen, we got to bite into the premise. Let's go on about it. Okay. She shows up to Letitia's house, Marita it is, and she details the argument that she got in between her and her son. And I mean, it got bad. It all stems from him wanting to go to school, college, that is, three hours away. But of course, he has uh, some responsibilities there. You know, mainly, uh, hello, them three ass kids. She's like, "Uh, I think we should talk about this. Let's table this discussion for a little while. Instead of you just packing up and going to school. The next day, he's packing up and trying to go to school. Oh, and all hell breaks loose. Marie reveals that she recorded the altercation on her cell phone. She says she started doing this because they, her children, would get on the phone and they would call their grandfather and tell them that she was going off for no reason. So she was like, oh, no, y'all not going to keep doing that to me. Now, see, there's some shit right there. Only the grandparents uh, could get away with some shit like that. I could imagine now you calling your grandma being like, uh, Mama going crazy. She doing all this and that. And the, all I wanted was this. Your grandma would call and cuss your mama the fuck out. She wouldn't give a damn about none of this shit. She talking about, she like, don't you better not raise your hand to them damn kids. And I mean that now get up some damn, uh, Doritos like you wanted, put a little bit of cheese on it, Melt it in the microwave. I'm tired of this shit. I'm sick of this shit. I shouldn't have to get up every time and come out way over here because you treating these kids bad now see that's what a grandmama do a grandmama don't try to get the facts so marie i'm on your side i'll record the hell out their asses too she details that that boy lunged at her for no reason but luckily her smallest child rushed in between them and she had to say you know he had to say no don't do it or something like that and he Thought about it for a second, but he was still mad, so he turned and punched a hole in the wall. Ooh wee! Then at that point, Marie said, "You know what? I don't know if you believe me. Let me play this phone call for you." She goes in her bag. You know, when people say they go in their bag, that might be for a gun. I don't mean it like that. She goes in their bag and she pulls their phone out. That fault, it's. I mean, it's very hard to hear. All you can hear is him saying he's screaming, "Stop doing all that lame shit! Stop doing all that! Gone with that bullshit!" And you know he's. I'm talking about screaming at her. She getting right back at his ass though. So don't please believe. But then she tells him to leave and not come back. Man, he's walking down that hall. He punches two more what uh, two more holes in the walls as he's going out the back door. It's all kind of shit going on. Man, oh man. The that only that kind of explosion can happen between I was about to say a parent and a child, but when there, there's an emotional relationship attached. When there's a power struggle, see, I love Marie, but you can tell on this episode, you know she got some power struggle issues in her life. She is a definite alpha and she needs everybody else to be betas and child that son ain't trying to be no damn beta, but he definitely ain't got the the capacity to be an alpha. So I don't know what he want to be, but he definitely ain't no Marie. How about that? I don't know what you want to be. Hey, hey, definitely ain't Marie. I, I Marie calendar. Ooh, a bitch hungry. I don't know shit. I speak about Letitia every single week because I love what she's doing. I love this scene between Tambra and Letitia at City Hall. Letitia is serious about this whole buying back the block initiative. She has her eyes set on a particular building, and this city councilman, who actually is Tamra's cousin, walks in and he walks her through the entire process. He gives her confidence. He tells her to keep going. He said, we're going to walk you through it no matter what. We're going to be on your side. Uh, that this, if we had that kind of community leadership, that's what I'm talking about. The thing I really love was after the fact. After they had left this meeting, they had to stand in the hallway for a while because they both got emotional about the mere fact that they could really start to rebuild their community again. See, if we all had this much passion about our communities instead of living in fear of them, our hoods would look like Rodeo Drive. And I would love to see that. Not well, I don't need a Gucci on there or store or nothing, but... As long as it look like it on the outside, it ain't got to be that shit on the inside because I don't want no damn uh, $3,000 jumpsuit. Hell, nah, I'm cool with this. <laughs> I'm cool with that uh, Walmart nightgown that Candy was wearing at the beach, bitch. I'm just saying, I, I don't need all that high shit, but it could look like Rodale Drive. We all need to take it a little more seriously, okay? Listen, Latrice and Zaddy, that's definitely a special kind of love that that's that's a special kind of love she told that man to take that shirt off and let her see that chest that man looked like dj Khaled at the peak of his fitness now look i don't know if there was a read or not but you just take that how you want to take it take that however you will she rubbed on that belly and everything she liked that belly so much that she went and put on one of them uh Kroger plastic bags over here instead of a shower cap and then she got it right in that pool. Now look, I love seeing nods to black culture like this. You know, listen, black we'll use them damn plastic bags to shake up some chicken and some flour, but my cousins definitely use it as some swimming caps. Let me tell you something. Kroger bags, Kroger plastic bags, it's what keeps the hood afloat, Okay. <laughs> Child, don't write me no letter in. I'm just saying, we we need them damn uh plastic bags. I know one thing, we don't throw no plastic bags away around here. We need that shit. You might want to uh, fry you a pork chop. You might want to fry you some chicken. You just throw some flour in that bag. You know, you got to double up on it now. Don't make no rookie mistake and try to use one bag because it'll be one hole in that motherfucker and you will shake a big one in. Look, you can use that thing. You can use it as a shower cap. You can stop a leak in your bathroom. You can do all kinds of stuff. Don't throw them plastic bags away. Just keep them under your sink. You might need them one day. Keep them under your sink. You're going to need them plastic Kroger bags, okay? Child, the last chunk of the episode is about Marie. Let me tell you something. Marie throws shades so effortlessly. She used this situation with her son to somehow bring up the fact that her husband has cheated in the past. (laughs) She said, look, everybody can catch it today. Everybody can get it today. She even brought Essie in. You know, Essie is her business partner. She brought Essie in and they tag teamed the dog fuck out of Curtis's ass. Essie said, see, when you're not doing shit or you're not paying your half, I own half of the stuff that she has. So really, I feel like you pimping me too. Now, see them some words right there, Essie. Now, ch- I don't know how you made it into these people argument. Y'all done had a whole argument before the actual argument y'all supposed to be having when the son get there. Now, I don't know how the hell that happened, but you think I was mad about it? Hell no. That doorbell finally rang and now they can focus their energy where it really needs to be on that disrespectful ass son. Now look, don't I'm coming close to the mic for it. Don't don't get me wrong. That he he was fine as a motherfucker, but he's still disrespectful. Okay, disrespectful, child. Truth be told, though, they were gang banging so hard in that damn kitchen. I barely paid attention to this actual uh, calm ass confrontation they had. He had look, his energy was gone. He didn't have no more anger. He showed up ready to apologize and everything. They didn't have too much going on. I was ready for them to go back in the kitchen. I want to see. Essie swing on Curtis. Essie, Curtis was supposed to love me. Don't, don't, Curtis was supposed to love me. Why do I? I don't know how. Every single week I manage to make a dream girls reference on this damn podcast. I, this has turned slowly turned into a dream girls podcast. I don't know what the hell is happening. Listen, let's go ahead so my drunk ass can go to sleep. Let's go ahead and talk about or touch on these raggedy ass. Salt Lake City Housewives. I'm gl- I hate to see them go, but I'm glad they finale and let's go ahead and get to this reunion so we can get the season over with and I can be down one less show. Hey. <laughs> the finale episode starts off with basically <laughs> a montage of them showing all the times Jen has just been terrible to everybody on the cast and I mean Terrible. I'm talking about Roland Ray terrible. She just been horrible to everybody on the cast. Somehow, somewhere, some way, Jen and Lisa meet for lunch. Now for some reason they are still letting Jen Shaw believe that she is the victim in all of these situations. I don't get this. Like this makes no sense to me. She says you're the only one that's reached out to me since we've been back to Vegas. Huh? Who who the fuck, you should be reaching out to everybody else. How are y'all really letting Jen still be the victim after all this time? Look, if I got bit by a stray dog in the neighborhood, tomorrow I'm not about to ride around looking for the stray dog that bit me to apologize to him. I didn't do shit to that dog. I was minding my business. Y'all know I be in my house minding my business. I ain't did shit to nobody. Why would I ride around looking for a stray dog to apologize to them. Jen, you should have been riding around apologizing to all them damn people. Talking about you wanting to drown people in the back of lakes and all that kind of shit. Uh, hidden health. And, and you know what? Sick Sickhood. This part has absolutely no relevance <laughs> to the episode, but the fact that Seth was so happy that Mary Meredith cut up that banana for his breakfast was beyond me. See, Meredith, That says a couple things. One, it says you ain't been cooking for this man at all over these years, or you either make some tired ass breakfasts, or that was just a good ass banana. Or it either says that you got some betwixt your thighs that it really, that that man don't even want no damn cooking. He's like, you know what? I don't even, I don't even like to eat like that. Just, just, just stay right here. I'll be back. And see, he almost, he really didn't want to let you go when you wanted to separate either. That man didn't want to go back to damn Canton, Ohio. Canton, Ohio ain't got shit but the uh, football hall of fame. Don't nobody want to live in no damn Canton, Ohio. If I got any, uh, Canton, Ohioans listening any, uh, what are the Ohio Any, not Hoosiers, Chiatus, Indiana. What was I about to say? Any, (laughs) hell. Corn Huskers, I don't know. What the hell do you call people from Ohio? Y'all know what I'm looking for. i was looking for the football term, but... Oh, Buckeyes. Are they the Buckeyes? Yeah, Buckeyes. Uh, Don't nobody want to live up there. You got some... You you got that man hooked. He's so damn happy to be back with you, he don't know what to do. But you know what? You need to learn how to cook because that was some sour-ass shit. And then you didn't even cut it up into as many pieces as he wanted. You know what? I'm sick of you. You know who else I'm sick of? I'm sick of Whitney. Whitney... Whitney, Whitney, Whitney. Whitney let her daddy cut her hair. Now I'm trying to be as nice as possible because I know his situation. Let me tell you something. I love that she's supporting her father and ushering him back into sobriety day after day after day so he can regain some normalcy in his life. You know, I I love that. I love all of that. But Whitney, the way his head looks, he couldn't touch my shit with a 10-foot pole. You better call arrogant Tay or Johnny Wright or uh, uh, Lonzo or somebody. You better call somebody else because Miss Lawrence, uh, Derek J., you better call somebody else to do your hair. Your daddy looked like one of them emo kids from South Park. I, he couldn't cut my hair. I'm sorry. I mean, it was nice of you to let him do it for you. They claim it was even in the back. I couldn't tell, but ooh, you're you a are brave soul. I, I love you for that, Whitney. I got more respect for you. I respect you more for letting them cut your hair than actually putting them in rehab, to be honest, because that was a big bet. I mean, that was you. You Okay, girl. One scene I do want to highlight, though, I loved, love, love that scene with Lisa, her husband, and her two boys practicing pitches for their business idea. Now, look, that's inspiring, not only is it good uh, practice for pitching to investors, I love the fact that he got to actually sit in there and shade the shit out of his daddy. <laughs> that man said, this is the perfect product for you. You know, there was something like body wash and that uh, shampoo and all that stuff. That man said, this one is perfect for you because it got a lot of turmeric in it and turmeric can help you regrow your hair where you going bald. I know that's why shit, right. I need to go find some damn turmeric i've been on, I've been doing bald head whole shit for like a decade now. I listen, when did I make the big chop? <laughs> Not the big chop. When did I shave my head? It had to have been like two thousand thirteen, so coming up on ten years been like eight years since I started just shaving that shit. I got so damn tired of her I didn't know what to do. Listen, they ain't got nothing to do with nothing. Who's I talking about? Whitney, Whitney, don't let your daddy do your hair. A child, I had moved on. <laughs> oh, Lisa, Lisa, keep grooming your kids the way you are. You got some good kids. I like it. I'm going to support them. See, them products was kind of high online, though. I got on Amazon uh, after Samaj told me, so I was looking, but them, them products are a little high now. Like, all right. Okay, girl, you can calm down, bring, bring them prices down just a little bit, and I might buy some of that, that shampoo, Bravo Wild Black, k and Air. they said you got some good products, they said the shit smell good, now, I don't know, because I got the, let me get my stimulus checked first before I, I buy something, I don't know, you know, I already uh, spent my money on this hot-ass lover boy. And now I got to figure out <laughs> what the hell I'm going to do about my $80. Hey, I could have put that on rent. Yeah, I ain't got no damn rent. Y'all better quit playing with me. Oh, Lord. Mary Cosby. Mary, Mary, Mary. I'm going to say something, and I know it's going to be controversial, but I'm just going to say it. Mary Cosby is the best character on this show. Now, she probably hates black people, <laughs> and she probably hates herself because she bleached the hell out of her skin. But that lady is good TV. And now, uh, we, we might need to cancel her. No, I'm just <laughs> We might need to hold her ass accountable at some point. But, child, if, if y'all ain't talking about it, I guess I'll stay quiet, too. Seeing her talk about church being a safe space and all this kind of stuff and then calling that man a fat ass Kelly Price. You loaded, and that's, look, she didn't call him that, but all my reality TV fans, y'all know what that's from. She called the man a fat-ass Kelly Price. Look, that choir, she spent that whole time getting that choir's ass right together, telling that man, you lost weight, don't lose too much more, you'll look sick. She said, girl, ooh, yo, you hitting bad. No, I'm telling she getting them people right together, man, look. Ain't nobody about to sit around here and watch. Let y'all keep caterwauling in this damn church. Y'all already don't give me no gifts. Y'all know Mary said them folks stingy. (laughs) They ain't tithing enough at that uh damn church. I don't even know the name of that church is. Y'all keep telling me the name, but I forget it every time. I'm not trying to join that damn cult, no matter what I tell y'all. I'm not trying to join that damn cult. I have an obsession with cults. They scare me though. I would never join one, but I have a fascination. If I could ever do like. Recon or like do some secret spy operative work. I would definitely go to a cult because I want to see. I now I wouldn't drink nothing at the end like them other folk did. Heaven's Gate or Heaven's Doorway, whatever their name was. But I would I would do some other stuff. Like I <laughs> I don't know. I would I child fuck a cult. I don't want to join Mary's Church. Is what I'm trying to say. Cha it's finally the day of heather's grand opening and guess what mary cosby came out the closet just to come up in there Now, i don't mean she revealed that she was a lesbian i mean i mean she literally finally walked out of her closet to actually go somewhere mary shows up looking like a, a serial killer with that mask on but honestly i kind of loved it i don't know she was i don't know what she was trying or what she was going for i feel like brooks has something to do with that. He just was too scared to admit it in case y'all hated that look. But look, maybe I'm drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I've calmed down now. My my high is slowly slipping away. Mary asking what AF stands for. cracked me the hell up. To my after the fact. was like, yeah, that's what it stands for, girl. Mary, now you know, you probably just like Faze. You probably cuss, fucking, drank with the best stuff. Ooh, chat. I'm getting, oh Lord, I'm getting getting beside myself now. Let me not say that about the pastor. I can't be talking about the pastor fucking. She ain't Jamal Bryant. What am I, you know what? Let me stop, okay? <laughs> Listen, I was drunk during the process of watching this episode and Meredith and Lisa talking about her and Jen becoming friends kind of bored me. I didn't really pay too much attention to that. I just remember I wrote it down. I remember Meredith basically saying, Fuck what you heard. I ain't that bitch. I ain't gonna keep chasing up Jan to be her friend. And I don't like the stuff that she did. Basically, that's all you really need to know. Because Jan gonna have to apologize to her ass later on in the episode. So, this is just a reminder that all this is very stupid. Mary and Whitney get flavored oxygen. Now, child... I leave certain shit to rich people. That just sounds way out of my tax bracket. The oxygen I currently inhale is just fine. Thank you very much. I don't need no fl I don't need no look, no hot deal pickle flavored water. I don't need no uh what else is it? No snicker flavored oxygen. I don't need no Twix flavored oxygen, no Jojoba flavor, I don't need none of that. I need the oxygen that I have. Y'all got all kind of flavors and shit. All of that to say, Whitney te- couldn't wait to tell Mary that Jen's ass is the one that's crazy. All this conversation are basically just kind of pointing out the fact that Jen is the toxic one in the group and shit needs to change. Even when Whitney goes up to her, she says, Now, look, let me tell you something. You a toxic hoe. You a, you a toxic hoe. And you a toxic hoe. You a, you a stupid, stupid. Sorry. I, I don't know how to hear Nicki Minaj. Listen, basketball wives. Nicki Minaj and Dream Girls have all been kind of working themselves into this podcast lately. And I don't know what the hell that's about. I feel like they're the most easily referenced things in the world. I don't know. But I, am I mad about it? No. In my Santana voice? No. The rest of the episode basically sets up the reunion in my mind. Jen is walking around on an apology tour but barely offering apologies because... Her apologizing would admit that she was wrong and she not trying to do that. Child, she apologized to Meredith. She apologized to Heather and all this kind of stuff. But then Heather brings up the fact that you just said you didn't even trust me in Las Vegas. See, let me tell y'all something. If y'all just dive on Jen's ass one good time, if y'all dive on her the way Jocelyn Hernandez jo- dove on Tammy Rivera at their reunion that the time, All of y'all would be good. Y'all wouldn't have no more issues out of gin. I don't want to promote violence, but you know, sometimes (laughs) as long as it's amongst your own sex, I don't care. Y'all do what you need to do. They kept going back and back in circles. Lisa walked off. She wasn't hearing it. They tried to edit Mary in a scene like she was really their child. Mary had left so damn long ago. Mary had packed up them bags under queen victoria's eyes and she took her ass back to her house with her granddaddy husband she wasn't trying to hear that shit you know what somebody call charlinda to make sure mary got home safely because this is some bullshit as always thanks for listening want to support me for free just head on over to Apple Podcast or Stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, Housewives Marvel Podcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see you.